This is Lewis Riddick of ESPN. You are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation. Welcome to your Steeler Nation podcast, Vidcast. I am sorry. Part of the Big Play podcast, Vidcast Network, and sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, and I am officially a professional podcaster. That is correct. I am now officially being paid for my podcast, my podcasting, vidcasting duties to be able to talk to you and talk Steelers and research Steelers. It's a dream come true. I've been kind of doing it just pro bono by myself, getting paid here and there, but now I officially have a payroll. We officially have sponsors. This is going great for us. Um, what it means for the podcast moving forward, we're going to be switching over to all of uh, SteelerNation.com's locations for the podcast. We are leaving our great partners over at DK Pittsburgh Sports, unfortunately. Um, but fortunately for, for us, we're trying to grow in a different direction. But it was an amicable split. We love the people at DK. Excellent, excellent sources for your Pittsburgh, Western Pennsylvania news. Highly recommend you guys still making sure you check out there and make sure you check out their excellent podcasts, part of their DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. But I am very, very happy to be here at Steeler Nation. Guys, this is your show. You know it. You know what's going on. Um, so if you got any questions, you got any comments, you know I'm going to be coming to you right away. Michael Hall of Fame, we are live. Let's go, Striker. Let's go, Michael. Always good to hear from you, my friend. And thank you very much for the kudos. I really appreciate that. And guys, if you're not following me, Make sure you're following at SN Striker on Twitter, on Instagram, on the Tickety Talk, and we'll have some fun over there too. But uh, a couple of things I wanted to talk about um, moving forward. We got four weeks to training camp. This is kind of like the dead time of the season. This is the time where we start kind of reminiscing about the things that have happened in the past and, and talk about some interesting things from past Steeler seasons as we gear up. For training camp, which is still four weeks away. So waiting, waiting, waiting until training camp starts. I'm hoping to be there for the start of training camp. Hopefully get to meet some of you guys and talk with you in person. That would be a blast. Uh, two and a half weeks out also until Cam Hayward's charity softball game. That is sponsored by Steeler Nation. That is in Washington, PA at Wahoo Stadium. So start getting your tickets and putting this on your calendar, July 16th, it is the best way, even easier to get autographs at this event than it is at training camp. So I highly recommend you come and attend this because it's all for Cam Hayward's charity. So it's a big, big deal. We, we have a full lineup, great people coming. Sorry, I don't have everything memorized right now, and I don't want to get it wrong just because I don't have it in front of me. Next week, I will go in-depth into who is going to be there, but there is Team Pittsburgh, there is Team the World, so it's going to be everybody against Pittsburgh, and it's going to be a really, really fun event. So last year, I know we were a big part of that as well. I know we had Friar Muthary last year. Um, we had Zach Banner there last year. I know, unfortunately, he's moved on. Um, but it was a super, super fun event. Lots of great pit, uh, Pittsburgh media as well. So we'll have to see how this goes. Um, thanks a lot, Ernesto. Mucho gusto, senor. I really appreciate that. Congratulations, old brother from San Diego, California. Man, I do envy your weather. <laughs> we have, we've been having San Diego-ish weather here this past week in Maryland. It's been 
this is kind of like the the two three weeks of the year where we get our california weather and then the humidity starts to hit and everything goes to crap so right now we still have a low humidity environment here it's still like not getting super sticky yet so let's go michael hall you have my next topic <laughs> <laughs> I have this on the sheet and you read minds. I know that you're a great contributor. You know that my friend, but yes, wanted to talk about Deontay Johnson, especially in the wake of the signing of Terry McLaurin over there at Washington. The Washington does everything stupid. Not going to lie. Places a dumpster fire. Nobody likes working for, for uh, Snyder. It's going to take Congress to kick him out because his good old boy, um, Freaking Goodell ain't going to do it. So we got to figure out a way to get him out. Congress is probably going to be the only chance. And at least they're in the same town. Hopefully they can boot him. But they signed McLaren to a three-year, $71 million contract. That's $23.6 million a season. This is from a wide receiver that's a consistently good wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. He's he's good borderlining to great. But he's never been named to a Pro Bowl. He's never been an All-Pro or an All-Pro second teamer. Deontay Johnson's been both of those things. Deontay Johnson was an All-Pro second teamer as a returner. Was a Pro Bowler last year as a receiver. So, what does this mean for Deontay Johnson's contract? Michael, it's going up, baby. <laughs> it sucks. And it's, this is something we could have locked down early because, like, looking at these numbers, just comparing Terry McLaurin to Deontay Johnson. Last season, Deontay Johnson's yardage was higher than any yardage Terry McLaurin has never had. Last season, by about 40-some yards. Last season, Deontay Johnson's receptions were 20 more than McLaurin has ever had. Last season. Deontay Johnson had a, had one more touchdown than Terry McLaurin. He had seven. McLaurin had seven. Deontay had eight. Deontay had seven the previous years. Year, sorry. Previous year. So you're looking at a more productive wide receiver who I knew the value of Deontay Johnson. Back when he was saying at the offseason, when the offseason started, he was hinting at 16 mil a season. I was yelling, sign him today. Because then free agency hit and the wide receiver market took off. We're talking about 25 to 28 million for some of these wide receivers, which is absolutely insane numbers. You got McLaren, who's a step behind DJ, getting 23 and a half. Hell, we should have signed him when he was asking for 19 at the start of free agency. Right when free agency was starting, he's tweeting out 19 mil. I said, sign him. It's going to look like a deal four years from now. Hell, it's going to look like a deal next year if we don't get this guy signed. I was hoping to get him in the $20 million range because that is a steal for Deontay Johnson. But now, if we're going to pay, pay value, we're looking at a four to five million dollar or four to five year contract, I think, because that's usually the way the Steelers do contracts for wide receivers. They gave. Antonio Brown, a five-year contract off of his rookie contract, locked him down. After four years, they re-signed him to another contract because he was that good. And he deserved it. He definitely deserved it. He was like the best wide receiver in the league for those five years. But now, 
What are the kind of numbers we're going to be looking at for Deontay Johnson? In my estimation, I'm thinking it's going to be working out to about 20 to 22 mil a season if we're lucky because he's still under contract. And if we can do that, sign him to three, four years, that is going to look like about an $80 million contract for four years, $100 million contract for five years. Deontay Johnson would take that contract. He is not Antonio Brown, guys. This guy is not a diva. This guy has kept his head down and tried to work hard every single day to make sure he is a better receiver tomorrow than he was yesterday. And that's the type of receiver that Antonio Brown was before he lost his mind. And I respect that out of him. And that's the type of guy with that kind of work ethic that I lock into a long-term contract because I know he's going to be open on his first break. He's got the biggest opening in the league off of his first break. And you're talking about a team last year that was getting the ball out in a second and a half. Defenders could not defend Deontay Johnson in a second and a half. Ben was getting him that ball at two seconds. Insane. Absolutely insane. That's the type of receiver that Deontay Johnson is. Moves the chains, gets you in the end zone, wins you games. Sign him. Should have done it already. Absolutely should have done it. Go Steelers died hard to the bone. Awesome, Ernesto. Much That's awesome to hear. Absolutely awesome to hear. We all are here. We're all crazy, and I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're spouting off. This is your platform, Ernesto. Please, please let us know what's going on in your mind because we like to talk. Michael Hall, he's getting expensive. Should it still be worth it? Like I just said, yep. <laughs> do we go into free agency uh, for a receiver? I do not. Um, we are locked in at receivers. We've, we've got a glut of receivers. Our free agency this year for the receiver there, Michael, was actually picking up Miles Boykin from the Ravens. That was our big pickup in free agency. He was actually a waiver claim, so he never technically hit free agency. We took his contract. And we signed them to that contract. So don't look for us to go out and get anybody else because we filled up all the rest of the spots in the draft. We got Austin. We got Pickens. Where else are you going to put anybody? Hell, we in free agency, the only free agent pickup we got was Gunner. And we don't even know if he's going to make the team now with the way that we picked up guys in offseason, getting Miles Boykin, getting Austin, who's also a returner. It's going to be a it's going to be a really interesting watch for training camp to see how. The wide receiver depth chart develops because that is going to be, to me, the most interesting aspect of training camp because this is the most wide open receiver, wide open season for receivers to make this team because we only have two returning starters. We only have two returning rostered receivers, Claypool and Deontay. Everybody else was either practice squatted or a free agent or a waiver claim or a draft was playing college last year. So this is going to be a wide open chance for people to make this roster. I know you're Anthony Johnson fans too. He's got to really show up. This this is his year. If he's going to show up, he's got to show he's better than Miles Boykin if he wants to make this team. Really does. God love San Diego. Yep, 619 area code. Love that. Good evening, Rich Rich. How you doing? Welcome to the show, my friend. Awesome, awesome. George, good to hear from you again. If DJ has a great season, then tag him. The tag's going to be insane, guys. The tag is going to be like 25 mil. Why not just lock him down to something lower that's not going to escalate? Steelers aren't a tag and trade team. They tag a guy, they want him to play for them. 
We have, I can't remember a time where we've tagged anyone and they've moved. Transition tag or franchise tag. So I'm not expecting that. I I think that they try to work out a contract before free agency, which they are able to do since he is rostered. He is still a part of the Steelers up until the start of free agency. The Steelers can offer him a contract before free agency starts, just so they don't have to bid and get into a bidding war. I think that's more amiable than trying to franchise tag him. But if they really don't want to lose him, George, that is the option. And you are right about that. I'm not going to diminish your opinion because I think that that is a good point. If everything's pointing to him leaving the team, that is the only way the Steelers can keep him. And for gosh sake, Steelers, you got to stop doing the exclusive tags because that bit us in the butt with Bell. And I think we've learned from it. Miles, welcome to the show, Miles. Great to hear from you. Just popping on to say hi. Well, we're always happy to hear from you, Miles. I hope you have a great night, my friend. Rich, if a player, oh, sorry, everything just switched. Everybody's pumping on. If the player is someone you want, then you're always better signing them right away to spread it out and reduce their overall cap hit. Amen, Rich. And that's what I'm trying to say. And you actually put the finest point on it. And that is why when you spread it out over time, the cap hit is going to stay lower than the value of wide receivers from year to year as they escalate and they are blowing up this year. Absolutely blowing up. Excellent, excellent point, Rich. Michael Hall, just a heads up. Our cap next year is about 40 million, if I'm not mistaken. And that's about right. Uh, we're going to have a rollover too. Right now we are still, we just signed, um, oh gosh. Um, Ah, the guy from Cincinnati, defensive lineman. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. I'll have to pull it up here in a sec. Uh, but we signed him. Um, we signed uh, Okajobi. Yeah. Uh, and we signed um, Kenny Pickett. So we were at 22-ish million under the cap. I think 8 million went. I'm just going off the top of my head with numbers because I'm a numbers guy. Uh, I think 8 million had to go on the cap this year for a look for – uh, Okajobi because it is a likely to be obtained um, option because he's going to be earning somewhere between five and eight million. But they listed this as a likely to be obtained option, which means it has to go on this year's cap. So that full eight million will be on this year's cap, and then uh, Kenny Pickett was like two and a half mil. So that pulled off the other two at the bottom for the minimums, right around a mil. And that difference brings us to about 12 million. So we're still 12 million under the cap without having to do anything crazy, without roster cutdowns, because roster cutdowns are going to happen again. We're going to open up some cap space as well there. So still have some stuff to look forward to, but then Steelers also like keeping some room anyway, going into the season in case there's an injury. We always have that three to $5 million range. We still have to pay our practice squad players, which we will do. and then we're all good to go. So I'm still thinking we're going to be right around the $10 million to $14 million range at the start of training camp, depending on the cuts and how they go. But that is a big rollover. That is a lot of open money for the Steelers to have approaching a season and more than we normally have. And that's because we don't have a franchise quarterback. We're used to spending that money on everybody. Here, you take money, you take money, you take money, you take money. We have enough money to sign DJ, guys. That's what that means. If we got 12 million in the in the hopper, we got enough to sign DJ and we have enough to sign another guy who is the key to this offense, which nobody's talking about yet. I'm talking about Boswell, my friends. 
We got to sign Boswell this year. He's his last season. Guy deserves a contract. He's the second best kicker in the league. And the only reason why he doesn't make Pro Bowls is because the best kicker in the league is still in the AFC and still in our damn division with, with Justin Tucker. And he is hands down the best kicker in the league. But if Justin Tucker didn't exist, everybody would be talking about Boswell. Lock him down. Striker, what kind of numbers are you thinking about for Boswell? Well, personally, I did crunch some numbers. I looked at Justin Tucker's contract. He's around a five mil a year kicker, cap-wise. And that's what we're going to expect out of a next contract for Boswell. So I'm thinking like four years, 18 to 22 mil, sign him. It's a steal. He's only made, I looked it up, just about 18 million already in his career. So he will sign a contract for 18 to 20, I think, pretty quickly. That would be an incredible, incredible win for the Steelers and lock down one of the most important positions, especially on a team in transition like the Steelers. The reason why the Ravens could still continue to win through a lot of their transitions was they had their kicking game taken care of. They had one of the best punters in the league with Coke, who now just retired. They had the best kicker in the league in Justin Tucker. And he's a generational kicker. Guy is a generational kicker. And that guy kept the consistency in that location to make sure they continued to win games and move forward as a franchise. And that is what we need to do now, especially without a franchise quarterback. We can't be in a question mark mode going into next year when we still don't know who our quarterback's going to be. And then we have to look for a kicker or compete on the open market for Boswell. Sign him this year, lock him down, boom, done. That's my hot take there on Boswell. Let me know what you think about that, guys. Frank, how you doing, Frank? I hate to see it, but at these current prices, we have to let DJ go. Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I see the projection of what DJ can be. DJ's numbers are phenomenal. We have never had an a, an X receiver who is our primary target receiver get this many targets, this many yards on their rookie contract, including Antonio Brown, including Heinz Ward, including John Stallworth, our best X receivers ever. So that mixed with the ability to get open better than any receiver in the league, according to Pro Football Focus, the largest gap of separation on his first break. He got 107 receptions from a quarterback that couldn't throw a football. Everybody knew that the ball was coming within five yards. Everybody. He still got 107 receptions. That's huge. It has really undersold how good Deontay Johnson with, with the decline of Ben Roethlisberger's arm last year. You have a better quarterback in that system with Deontay Johnson at the X, he will look more like Antonio Brown because he will be running more mid to deep roots because our offensive line will be able to get him open. Our running game and play action game, which was non-existent with Ben Roethlisberger and our option game now that we're going to have, which was non-existent, almost non-existent with Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger couldn't line up under center. He just couldn't. We were lucky if we got him in the pistol. He was a shotgun quarterback. His whole career. He's, look at it. He went shotgun at the one-yard line on goal line multiple times. You guys remember that. That's in your heads. We're not going to have that now. We got Najee. The, the bulldozer coming through now. We got big bodies up front that are born to block. It is time for the running game 
to now open up the space for our receivers and a receiver that catches balls at this kind of clip and getting this open, Frank, I don't get rid of that guy. I think this guy projects to being a big part of this offense, if not a keystone part of this offense. We may disagree, but that's what we're here for, Steeler Nation. A lot of people share your opinion, Frank. I've been discussing that with a lot of people. But thank you for chiming in. I appreciate it. Right, yep. See, George is with you as well. William, William, welcome Facebook. How you doing, William? Deontay is good, but I believe talent we have now can be just as good as him. And how we draft, we can find a new one. Let's not overpay. We can draft well, but I can make the argument that Deontay Johnson might be the best receiver we've ever drafted. I, it's a hot take, but his numbers right now are above any receiver, rookie receivers in their first three years, um, especially at the X. Um, I know if we're looking at like, he's like right on par with Santonio Holmes and those numbers. And Santonio Holmes played the Z. He had Ward at the X and still had better numbers than Santonio Holmes in his first three seasons. Made a Pro Bowl. Santonio Holmes didn't make a Pro Bowl. Santonio Holmes was a Super Bowl MVP. Should have gone to Ben. League doesn't like Ben. Should have gone to Harrison. Commissioner didn't like Harrison. So, Holmes wins it. <laughs> and that's what we have to live with. Rich! Frankie, that's interesting. If you can draft and develop and not drop in production, go for it. Yeah, but the problem is the draft is always a whoop question mark. Did we find a guy to fix it? Do we end up with another... Antonio Brown, Deontay Johnson, because I will tell you completely, if Deontay Johnson goes to another team, he will be the best receiver we have ever let go. His numbers are going to explode. With a, If he played for like Josh Allen, if he played for uh, Mahomes, if he played for any of these young uh, quarterbacks, his numbers would be through the roof. Absolutely through the roof. Guy gets open. <laughs> But I don't like question marks as much. But you can start making that argument if we see that Pickens can play all three positions. It looks like he's playing some Y. I think he's built to be a Z. But if he can show he can play some X too, Rich, I think you have something going there. Because that's something we got to think about. And Austin looks like he is XY capable. He can play the X position and he can play the slot. Not a big slot option, but a quick slot option. More like a Randall L or an Eli Rogers. Like we used to have those quicker guys right there in the middle as opposed to the big slots that we're trying to run now with Juju and now Pickens. Also, more and more wide receivers are coming out of college, really polished. And that's the thing with the college game. That's a great point, Rich Rich, because you've got college is essentially a, a passing. It's a passing league too. Like the, the NFL is a passing league. College is a passing league. I mean, you still have your team that you're, you're, teams that will be very run focused and still put out great productive running backs, but it is all transitioning to being a passing league in college as well. And that is why you're right. We have more NFL capable wide receivers coming out from college because it always used to be the running backs. That's the thing because running backs have been handling the football their entire lives. Elementary school, peewee, middle school, flag, hot junior varsity, then getting to college, they've run the ball the entire time, especially when they're a stud. They've never not run the ball like a Najee Harris. They get to the pro, they are ready to roll. Like running backs, high drafted running backs are ready to go day one. Now we're starting to see that with wide receivers because they're going to the wide receivers more in college. Great point. Love that. 
Ernesto, I feel like he deserves a nice contract. Sign him now. You and me are on the same page there, my friend. Um, Michael Hall, I got Gunner over Ray Ray in terms of special teams. Man, Ray Ray's not on the team. Ray Ray left our team uh, for, let me see, which team did he go to? I have a, I have a spreadsheet here somewhere. Oh, did I open up the wrong spreadsheet? I did. There it is. There's my spreadsheet. Uh, Ray Ray actually ended up going to San Francisco. Signed a two-year, $4 million contract to be their punt kick returner and be their slot wide receiver. So he's not competing with Ray Ray. Looks like we got Austin in the slot competing. We got Pickens in the slot competing. Maybe even Boykin. Boykin didn't play a lot of slot in the Ravens, but look at his metrics from the combine. He was the third best wide receiver at short area quickness on the three cone drill. And you're talking about a six foot four, 200 plus guy. That tells me that guy can play the slot. That tells me that guy can run crisp roots. So it'd be interesting to see if we try to use Boykin in the slot. But we got a lot of people competing in the slot because that is the spot that is open on this offense to get the most production for any of our new receivers. That's essentially our new starting player is going to be our slot receiver. Frank K, how you doing, Frank? Why spend $20 million on a guy when we historically have been able to replace these guys every three to four years throughout the draft? There was no replacing Antonio Brown, guys. None. He was the best wide receiver for seven years in a row. And we paid him handsomely for it. And he deserved every cent he got for it. I think DJ's developing into this type of player. And with a better quarterback will be even better. Because he's putting up Pro Bowl numbers from a quarterback that couldn't throw the ball more than five yards down the field after week 10. That's what I've got to say about that. <laughs> Rich, Rich, many can trend to that is a recent one. The only difference is your guy elite or borderline elite. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. And which I am considering um, DJ borderline elite. I think he will become elite with a better quarterback. I honestly do. Uh, great conversation here. He agrees. I lean on you harped on earlier, less college wide receivers and more polished that these college wide receivers are more polished than over these days. Exactly. Uh, speaking of Bell, he and Adrian Peterson signed contracts to box each other in an exhibition about late July. Bell's going to get his butt whooped. <laughs> and here's my point. You ever see Adrian Peterson with his shirt off? Adrian Peterson looks like a boxer with his shirt off. There is nobody more cut than AP. AP was one of the best running backs in the league, especially when he first joined it, and he joined it in force. Bell, him with a shirt off, I remember him on a Sea-Doo. During the year, he was sitting out on a jet ski with a paunch. Bell's going to get whooped. <laughs> I mean, these are two alpha males that want to go at it. But if you're talking about the fight and the dog, I will take a competitor and a higher level um, guy at making sure his body is at 100% in AP than I will over Bell. I wish him well. I, I want to watch that match. I'm not going to lie. I, I will probably watch that. We got to live stream that or, or something. I think that would be hilarious. Uh, but uh, but yeah, what do you guys think? Who do you think is going to win? Chime in. Let me know if it's going to be Bell or AP. 
Uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear. Ron, welcome to the show, Ron. If Trubisky has a solid year and holds a starting job all year and has another solid year next year, what kind of contract will we be looking for? He's a current bargain at two years, 14 million. Honestly is. And like, Ron, we got to start talking about if he starts winning playoff games. We got to start talking about if he starts, if he can win a Super Bowl and get us to a Super Bowl in a division that is, has a glut of all pro talent quarterbacks. This is a tough conference, conference more so than division. Even our division is good. Once that guy with the 24, 28, 29 rape charges gets uh, taken care of and comes back on the field. Uh, but the rest of them, pretty damn good. One's an MVP. One made it to the Super Bowl last year. One likes massages. So Trubisky, he has the ability to be up there. Honestly, does. Um, I just don't think he's really been given the chance in Chicago. He had turnovers and coaches. Um, obviously, had to take a year off there and learn behind Josh Rosen or Josh Allen. Josh uh in buffalo and now is happily in pittsburgh and is showing he is a high draft pick caliber quarterback he's competing and competing well and right now he somebody nobody's been able to wrestle or even talk about anybody but trubisky getting the number one reps because he's been looking so good at otas he's been looking so good at minicamp that Steelers are like, we're going to go with this guy. We're going to go with first team reps with this guy heading into camp. Second team reps, it looks like, are going to go to Rudolph. And now third team reps are going to go to Pickett. I'm fine with that, guys. I know a lot of people, can he pick it? Oh, he can't get third team reps. You got to get second team reps. He's got to get up there. He's got to get. It doesn't matter. He's learning behind whoever this year. Kenny Pickett's not going to be a starter this year. He's not. It's Trubisky's game. I want him to play good enough to push for two reps. And if he does that, it pushes Rudolph off the roster. It does. And it makes Elodikin become our third because we're going to be trading Rudolph. That gives us draft capital, and I'm all for that. All for that. Michael Hall, JJ is a free agent next year. Yes, he is. Uh, 2023, I'll just leave it there. You know what we're both thinking here, Striker. Yep, I mentioned that on the cast as well, and that's – if we didn't do a trade to try to pick up JJ this year, I think we definitely try to pick up JJ next year because that left uh, defensive end spot will be wide open because it looks like we're doing a rent one year rental with, with the uh, Okajobie and why not have two Watts playing on the same team? Derek Watts up next year too. Uh, I don't know if we can pay that kind of money to him anymore. Uh, especially since fullbacks are going to be cheaper, especially since it looks like we drafted Hayward who can move into that fullback role if Watt moves in free agency next year. So don't know if the dream of having all three Watts on the team is ever going to come to fruition, but it would be a fun one to think about. Michael Hall, bring back Juju if he's not re-signed with KC. I would, to tell you the truth, Michael Hall. Problem is we have so many young wide receivers on this team Claypool, if we if we give DJ a contract, then we have those rookies, Austin. We got Pickens. Um, still have Boykin. Well, Boykin's going to be in his last year, too, as well, because we picked up his contract. Um, so this is going to be a pretty interesting situation, especially if one of these players can really show that they can not only play slot for this team, but play slot on this team at a high level and a higher level, possibly, than what Juju was playing on this team. Because that's the problem with Juju Smith-Schuster is you can't 
pay $20 million a season to a receiver that's a slot guy. Slots don't make that money. Your edge receivers make that money. Your X's and Z's make that money. Your Z's are supposed to go deep, get your touchdowns. Your X's are supposed to catch the ball, move the chains. That's the way it works. And where does Juju fit in that? That's that's my only question now. I, I'd love to have him back. He's a great guy for the city. He's Litzburg. Um, I think I think he's got a great attitude. I had no problem with his TikToks at all. Um, but I just don't see him being a fit with all of the receivers that we brought in this year. Frank K. All right, you're selling me on DJ. Back on board. <laughs> great to hear, man. Yeah, I, I'm super excited because I'm a wide receiver guy, Frank. Like, I'm not just spouting nonsense. I've been watching um, receivers my whole life. I mean, since the 80s, mid 80s, I've been, I played uh, high school football uh, in the early 90s, played flag in college, competitive flag in college uh, as a receiving center, <laughs> which was a mismatch, couldn't line up over center. I was always open on my breaks <laughs> and nobody could stay with me because they always put slow guys on the center. So I was always burning people the whole game. Um, but I always watched for hand placement, root running, how they get off the line of scrimmage against the press. And with Deontay Johnson, he had the best film of anybody I've ever seen coming out of college for breaking the press at the line of scrimmage. He has like five or six different moves, a swim, a spin, a stutter step, a jab, or a straight, straight off rip. People don't touch him. When somebody lines up, watch, just watch games. I get excited when I'm watching games. And somebody lines up on the line of scrimmage against Deontay Johnson. Because you know what I think in my head every time that happens? I'm like, this guy's going to get burned. It's like when we were watching uh, Keenan Allen run roots against our linebackers. That's what it looks like. <laughs> That's why I love Deontay Johnson. Absolutely love the guy. Michael Hall. Now, do you... How do you feel about Ward potentially not going into the Hall of Fame because of Super Bowls that they should have won? I don't remember which one. I think they're talking about the 2010 Super Bowl that they should have won. He's a two-time Super Bowl winning uh, receiver. He won an 05. He won an 08. He's already got it. Like Tomlin was saying that if he won that third one, he was no question to be a Hall of Famer. And I agree with that. A lot of extra guys would have gotten in the Hall of Fame if that would have occurred. Like Harrison probably would have been a lock at that point. Right now, Harrison's a borderline player for the Hall of Fame. Uh, Ward is a borderline player for the Hall of Fame, but I did my podcast last year, and he had better metrics than every single wide receiver that was on that list. And I broke them all down. He had more touchdowns than a lot of them. He had a lot more yardage than a lot of them. He had a lot more receptions than a lot of them. But as far as for being able to break out as, and being the toughest receiver to ever play the game and to change the game with how hard he hit, defensive players you got to put them in the hall for that <laughs> you do rivers would vote him in that was the uh the linebacker that he knocked the jaw out of in, in uh in cincinnati reed would put him in sharp would put him in former uh ravens players sharp was a, a linebacker that he put on his butt multiple times same thing with reed knocked reed out once <laughs> I highlighted him hitting Reed, then immediately looking to the sideline and doing this because he knew he knocked them the F out. <laughs> he had all of them. And Reed's a Hall of Famer. And Ward deserves to be in the same place where Reed is. Honestly, there's no question about it for me. He's got the 10,000 yards. He's got the, what is it, 2,000 receptions. He hit, he hit all the metrics. He's 
got a ton of touchdowns. So put him in. I, I think he definitely deserves to be in the hall. And he, I think he will make it in one day. I really do. He may stagnate. He may drop off to be coming in, coming in later for a review down the road. Nostalgia may show that he was a better player than people remembered. But Super Bowl MVP as well, you got to put him in. Michael Hennessy, how you doing, Michael? Good to hear from you, man. It's been a bit. What do you think Claypool's ceiling is? Better or worse than DJ? Well, they're different receivers, Michael. But it's still a, this is still a great question. Um, because we can still take it at its face value. Um, I think both of these players have the have the potential, the potential to be the best wide receiver tandem we have ever had. Deontay Johnson is showing Antonio Brown-like qualities. Claypool has Megatron statistic, um, metrics. The only thing keeping back Claypool is his own head. He worked hard his rookie year. He wasn't thinking about it. He was making every play. Second year, they gave him the job. Seemed like he was didn't have the focus as much. Ben was having trouble getting him the ball too. Don't get me get me wrong as well. But took a big step back last year, especially when he had a ton of touchdowns his rookie year. He's like, I'm going to get 19 next year. He got two, and he wasn't hurt. He missed one game. Got two touchdowns. Guy needs to step up. He has the potential to be an absolute monster. Absolute monster. And I would love to see him do that. But as far as for a ceiling, if you got to go on body metrics, like if I'm going to take Deontay Johnson and Claypool, Claypool has the potential to be one of the best receivers in the league just because of his body metrics, his height, size, speed ratio, his strength, 19 reps on the bench, his speed, 4440. I mean, this guy has the metrics to be the best. Deontay Johnson's smaller guy, tougher to get open, but he gets open with his legs and his excellent short area quickness and route running. He uses his smarts to get open. But for me, if I'm going to say that, who would have the best ceiling? I've got to go with Claypool on that. That's a great question. That's an excellent question to break down, Michael. Thank you very much for that one. Strike us strikes again. Thanks, Robert. Welcome back to the show, my friend. How you doing? <laughs> striker juju can return might be next year though maybe later but next year because your dj might not be dwight hands of stone yet <laughs> i remember dwight <laughs> yet juju's better for overall team chemistry and wins in better hands um i don't know there, there's a there's a big recency bias for deontay johnson being a receiver that drops footballs because he dropped an absolute butt ton two years ago. One of the worst drop rates I've ever seen. Absolutely horrible drop rate. You're absolutely right. Last year, he was phenomenal. Until the last couple weeks of the season when Ben went off the cliff. And they were doing everything they could to win Ben games. Mostly it was defense. And Najee. <laughs> but... DJ still did his best, but Ben was getting that ball out cleanly at all and a little quicker than he wanted to. Um, a lot quicker than he wanted to. So for me, you also got to keep in mind that Deontay Johnson still had less drops than Cooper Cup. Still had less drops than Hill. And we're complaining about him dropping footballs on the Pittsburgh Steelers. You wouldn't think about the same thing if you had Cooper Cup or Hill on your team. 
That's what I'm saying, guys. Deontay Johnson is a lot better than a lot of you guys realize. And when we get a quarterback that can throw him the medium to long routes, look out. He is going to be an absolute monster in this league. He is. Ed Singer, good to see you again. Ed, how you been? A friend of mine is a big Bengals fan and said we got a steal in Larry Okajobi. I honestly hope so. And my favorite nickname for him is Obi-Wan Kajobi. That is, that is the way I'm going with it this year. May the force be with him. May he be a monster on left, left um, defensive end because he's being paid like a starter. <clears throat> that $8 million locked in means he's probably going to be getting first team reps over Worms, which their metrics last season were dead even. About dead even. Both had seven sacks. Worms had a little bit more tackles. Uh, Worms had a little bit more tackles for loss as well. But Okajobi had a lot more quarterback pressures. And that's what it gives you. Maybe we have a little bit more of a rotation there with these guys. Worms is position flexible. Okajobi is position flexible. These guys can rotate in when Cam ever has to come off the field, which is almost never. But when he does, we got very, very excellent players coming in to being able to make sure that he can play. And, and... Okajobi played some nose last year. He played some nose against us. I just looked at some film. I'm like, he lined up on the nose. He lined up straight up over green and monstered him a couple times. So maybe that's where he ends up. I don't know. He's the exact same size of Adams and Alu-Alu. I did that on last week's show. Exact same size. So these are some interesting things to talk about. Doesn't mean he's going to be a nose tackle, but we'll have to see if he's going to be position flexible and move around a little bit on that defensive line to get more snaps because I'd love to see that. Absolutely would. Magnum 20, good to hear from you again, my friend. What in your mind is happening with Mason Rudolph? Well, what's happening in my mind right now is what I've been reading. It looks like he's going to be the number two quarterback heading into camp. Does that mean he's going to be number two quarterback at the time the season starts? No. But I think there's going to be a lot of competition this season. I think that he's going to get, he knows the offense better than anybody. He was the only person that ran the Matt Canada offense last season. He did it in the, in the Detroit game and he played well enough to win that game. Drops aside and fumbles aside in overtime. He played well enough to win that game and definitely played damn well enough to tie it. So to me, Going into the season, he's going to be very difficult to unseat by a rookie. Does it mean it can't happen? No, it doesn't mean it can't happen. Does it mean he can't get banged up? And Kenny get some more uh, reps? Might happen. But if Kenny sh is really pushing and balling out in the preseason, where they go, okay, let's give Kenny some two reps. And they start doing that, that is the writing on the wall that the Steelers are going to move Mason Rudolph. And. You know, I've heard some rumors that Steelers are talking about moving him to Carolina. Steelers organization is very close with the Carolina organization. That's why we used to play Carolina almost all the time in preseason games because you get to set your preseason games other than the Hall of Fame game um, and uh, foreign games. The league sets those, but you get to set all the rest of your games. That's why we play Eagles a lot. You used to play the Jets a lot uh, in preseason because these are just teams that we know, but we really know Carolina well. I'm sure they've had conversations with Carolina. Hey, you guys, quarterback situations is up in the air. We, if, we'll if we see how stuff goes. If you guys need a quarterback, maybe we can loop back by the end of 
training camp and get you one. That might be the way it works out. E Hell, even if um, Rudolph balls out in preseason and has great preseason games, putting up touchdowns, getting scoring drives through, that increases his value. That's how we were able to move um, Dobbs the year that we moved Dobbs to Jacksonville for that draft pick. End up getting been back for nothing. That was great. <laughs> I love me some Dobbs. Dobbs might be the starting quarterback in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy, isn't it? It's him and Brisket going up for it. You got the rocket scientist and the old piece of meat going for starting quarterback. <laughs> hot meat, hot rocket. Let's go. <laughs> Michael Hall. If Connor makes a 53 roster, is he a tight end or fullback? Tight end. The only way he's making it as a fullback is if Watt gets hurt. But he's making it on special teams. He will be the third tight end on this roster. Because the Steelers always keep three. We do not have a third tight end. That's why I stated that tight end was going to be drafted this year. And it was. So I honestly think he can play that position. State of the Steelers. Hey, Striker. How many wide receivers do you see us keeping? The consensus is with the signing of Okunjobi, the Steelers would keep seven defensive linemen. Correct. Where do the Steelers make cuts? if they keep six wide receivers and seven defensive linemen. Well, it's usually on offense. They usually like to split the numbers right down the middle, usually. Uh, Steelers normally in the past would keep six wide receivers. The last couple of years, we've kept five. And why is that? Because we had a ball out wide receiver that was also playing special teams in Chase Claypool. He played every single special teams, which is like, we didn't need that extra roster for a special teams player. So we didn't need a Darius Hayward Bay on the roster just to play special teams. So this season, I'm expecting six again. I'm expecting us to go back to what we used to do, which meant the backup Z receiver would be sitting on the bench and be inactive on game day. Justin Hunter was that guy. Hamilton was that guy for a bit as well, where they would sit on the roster. But as soon as that lead guy went down or had a suspension or smoked a little something there with the uh, Martavis Bryant, <laughs> when you get caught with that crap, then boom, Tucker would be on the field. Then Tucker would get hurt. Somebody else, and then Hamilton would be on the field. But they go straight from inactive to starter. And that's the way that the Steelers do it because your X receivers are still usable across the line. They're usually position, position flexible. Same thing with your Y receivers or your slots because they're usually playing special teams as returners. And that looks like our returner is going to be the slot this year, whether it's Austin or whether it's Gunner. Those are the two guys, in my opinion, that I think are going to lock, lock down that return position. Robert, correction above by the late season. Kenny will either be number one or number three, but Rudolph would still likely be the best number to which is how they're playing him to be all year. Don't disagree with that. He's he's a number two right now. Right now they're thinking that Trubisky is already better than him because he wasn't getting first team reps in OTAs, even though he knows the offense better. Wasn't getting first team reps in training camp, mini camp, sorry, mini camp, even though he knows the offense better. Trubisky got those reps. And the reason why Mason didn't didn't upend Trubisky for first team snaps is because Trubisky showed in his first team reps that he deserved to be there. Number two pick in the draft, guys. Guy's a player. Scott, welcome to the show, Scott. I don't know if I've ever seen your name up here before, but if not, welcome. We're always happy to have Steeler Nation come and tell us what's going on in your minds. Mason Rudolph to Cleveland. He and Garrett can share a locker. 
<laughs> I'm always there for comic relief too. That was an excellent, excellent joke. Um, and as I've always said too, guys, Baker is done in Cleveland. The timer has gone off in the oven. The cake is out of the oven. The Baker's job is over. They asked him the question, hey, Baker, would you come back to Cleveland? Is like, uh, they'd have to reach out to me. I've moved on. That tells me in my mind, that is a, a PC way to answer that question. He's not throwing Cleveland under the bus because he was the leader there. Fan base, they were mixed on him, but they loved him when he was winning. They loved him when he beat the crap out of us in the playoffs. That's a guy that shows that he respects Cleveland and the city of Cleveland, where none of us do, but he does. <laughs> and that's the right answer for it. But he's done. He is not going to play a down for the Browns. <laughs> and the Browns got to live with their 24-time rapist, sexual aggressor, sorry, allegedly, before having to figure out if he can even play in this league or how many games he's going to be suspended for or how many years he's going to be suspended for. All I know Browns are losing draft picks every year. You're not pushing back draft picks. It's the way it goes. You saw that contract. Those draft picks are locked. You might be able to push back the money of the contract, but those draft picks are locked. And you are now gutting that team from being able to find talent and draft talent because the next two years, they don't have a first round draft pick and they don't have another second day pick, whether it's a second round or a third rounder. I think one's a second round, one's a third round for the next two years. I think it went first, third, first, second, first, third for the three years of that trade. If I'm going off the top of my head. Uh, but that guts a team on the ability to put great players on the field where they have been doing an excellent job at drafting and putting great talent on that field through the draft. I have to give them some props on that. Really, I do. I mean, other than Baker not being the, the absolute right choice for the first um, uh, quarterback in that draft. But... They've been picking up some great defensive players, some defensive players that have been kicking our butt, some great linemen, some great skill position players. You know, you can't fault them for what they have. But now, think about the Steelers. Think of the Steelers had to give up three first-round draft picks for Watson. And I was on the Watson train there for a bit. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to go back and revisit history and said I didn't like the guy. I was on the train when I thought this was over. When I thought his stuff was taken care of, now more things keep coming out. And a guy like this that is a, has a habit, that is a habitual abuser of women, it's never going to end. It is never going to end. 24, that's the tip of the iceberg. Imagine how many women aren't even coming forward. That's insane. Michael, give us the Giants and Jets every game next year. That would be awesome. <laughs> we might go undefeated. <laughs> Uh, Mike, oh, for Christ's sakes, Cleveland, get your quarterback situation in order. They have more problems in the past five years, just like they did trying to find a head coach. It's the, it's the recycle logo all around the helmet. Hire head coach, fire GM, hire GM, hire GM, hire quarterback, fire quarterback, fire head coach. And it keeps going around and around. The, the, the factory of sadness runs on a wheel stuck in the mistake by the lake. That mill just keeps on a churning. <laughs> it's going to cost another coach their job and going to cost another GM their job for picking up Watson. That That's the thing, guys. If Watson doesn't play this year, or next year, 
that GM is gone. If Watson doesn't play this year or next year and they're losing games, coach is gone. <laughs> I love the knee-jerk reactions in Cleveland because they're, uh, their owners act like fans. They lose a game. They're like, fire everybody. Man, did I drop my phone somewhere? I hear my phone going off, and I, I was check, trying to see if it was Steeler news. Don't know where it is. Screw it. I'm not looking at it. <laughs> but I will bring up my um, – my. I wanted to bring up my Twitter. Over at Steeler Nation underscore SN podcast, I put out a question today that I had to get to uh, because I was giving it on the uh, vidcast or the podcast last week. Do you put ranch dressing on pizza? Yes, it's delicious. No, that's disgusting. I'm going to just refresh it here one last time. We had 400, 460 votes came in. 53% like ranch on pizza. 46%. No, that's disgusting. This looks like a presidential election with these numbers. 53 to 46. There's a lot of bipartisanship here with the pro anti-ranch people. So I am a pro ranch guy. Not sure what you guys are, but that was a fun thing to throw up. And that's why I wanted to check my, uh, my tweet list here just to see who's chiming in because I am doing my people a disservice by not answering questions when I'm not on the podcast, but nobody, nobody chimed in at least on this end uh, for that. So no problems there. And I'll do a quick refresh on that. And we are good to go. Going back to you guys. You guys know I end the end with you guys. All the time. All the time. What logo? Yeah, right? <laughs> Sorry, I meant meme. I meant it's the helmet with the uh, like recycle thing all the way around with the quarterback, GM, head coach, carousel all the way around the, uh, the, the Browns helmet. It's one of my favorite memes. You guys got to look that up. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Who are our stable of running backs this year? Right now, it's Najee. We're th- talking about Monteo Durant a lot now. That is the running back out of Duke. That guy has a lot of uh, of us um, getting excited about his possible potential. Or is he out of North Carolina? Is that the guy out of North Carolina as well? People are starting to bring up like fast Willie Parker connections. That's where my mind's going. So I'm not 100% sure. I'm not looking at the information right now. But if you're holding me to it, the guy between those two guys to be the backup, it's either going to be Durant or it's going to be McFadden because they are both catch-capable and run-capable running backs, and that's what we need to back up Najee. Snell is strictly a running quarter, running running back. I think he might not make the roster this year, and that may happen. He has to ball out this year. This is Snell's year. He has to show that. Why was he? Was he the workhorse in Kansas? Show us why. Show us you can tow the load, because right now you look like a toad. <laughs> Supposed to tow the load. Robert! Striker, you act like our D-line is set because backup DN's likelihood of a 34-year-old just came off a year injury. Not being injured is slim to none. And if we get nothing back up nose tackle, really. Well, that's why I think we have a lot of position flexible also, Robert, for nose tackle. We did draft. uh, We picked up a couple of undrafted rookie free agency. The biggest guy on our roster right now is the undrafted rookie nose tackle. And he's like at 343. He's pushing 350. Guy's huge. Um, he's tall as hell, six, eight. So we got to see if a guy like that can make the roster. Um, otherwise our hands, we got Adams, we got Alu Alu and we possibly have Okeechobee because we have plenty of backups on D ends. We got 
because if we have Okeechobee in the middle with um, Worms and Hayward on the left and right, with the backups being, being Leal, who we just drafted day two, and with Loudermilk, who showed he could ball as a rookie, fifth rounder, that's when you start saying, maybe our depth isn't as bad as we think. Yeah, it did bite us in the ass. You're damn right. And we did talk about this to extent on a, on a bunch of these shows. And I do agree with you on that respect. But I think the Steelers are trying to make a motion for that. And Sue is still available in free agency. Maybe we bring him in. <laughs> we'll all be happy then. Michael Hall. It's a poop stain helmet. It should be a poop emoji for their logo. That would be absolutely amazing. And that should be a meme. If it's not already, it definitely is going to be a meme moving forward. Cleveland is expecting Garrett to suspend for the first six games. So if we tangled Rudolph, dangled Rudolph in their face, will they snatch him? I don't know. I don't know. Well, they, they already took one of our backup quarterbacks. They have Dobbs. Do they want two of our backup quarterbacks? That's what they got to ask. <laughs> Pineapple does not go on pizza, people. Oh, them's fighting words, Michael Hall. Yeah, I'm a big pineapple ham fan. Well, now, now I'm doing pineapple black olive because I can't have terrestrial meats because my cholesterol is through the roof. Um, but yeah, I will fight you on, on pineapple. I love pineapple. Absolutely love pineapple on pizza. And I'm doing pineapple black olive now. I know, I know that's a really, really pivotal one. Even more slanted than the ranch dressing one. That that one's like you get people to fight over that one. That's a great one. Uh Steelers only have players talented enough to be a backup nose tackle. Cam Hayward, who we much need at end. I thought Cam Hayward sucked when he played nose tackle, when he started nose tackle last year in that one game. This was worst game of the season. Absolute worst game of the season. And we got manked in that game. That was like our worst running game too. Um, no way do I want Cam ever playing nose. But I think Okajobi could play nose because he played it against us. Played it against us. Uh, it's like Zion, the front office is admitting they don't think they'll win the championship this year. We still have, we do have two nose tackles. They're not, and that is the interesting thing. They're like not mountain nose tackles because we want our nose tackles to be able to get after the quarterback. Alu Alu can get after the quarterback. Adams got after the quarterback a bit last year. Hargraves is amazing at getting after the quarterback. That is the shift now in what the nose tackle is for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not Casey Hampton, sumo wrestlers, sit them down with Twinkies and a Big Mac every play. That time and that era is gone. I mean, we lived it, we loved it, but it's gone. It's gone, Robert. Sue is athletic at that size. That's a guy that can jump out of a swimming pool. That's a guy that can do backflips back when he was drafted. That's a guy I could see fitting this role exceptionally well. And that's why I wanted him in there. But he's still available. We'll have to see. Uh, and on that note, see you next week, boss. And all the way, Striker, a toast to you for the perfect and fun vidcast. A toast to Mel Kuyper and, and his clock almost expiring. And a toast to Baltimore being number two to us. Cheers, guys. I'm having a truly tonight. Cheers to you, Steeler Nation. Thank you for the toast. Cheers. And I, I want to also, um, I don't want to be remiss, too. I live in Baltimore. I want to give out to my Baltimore friends and fans. And there are Baltimore fans that actually watch this vidcast and podcast. Um, Ferguson passing away this past week, as well as Tony Saragusa. Those are two big blows to a franchise that, you know, we respect the hell out of. We really do. They do it the right way. Harbaugh is a whiny ass coach, but he's a great coach and he's a respected coach. And Ferguson was an up and coming defensive player, just like 
Um, we had an up and coming quarterback coming up through the, uh, the, the wings this year that we lost before his time. Nothing is more tragic than losing somebody when they're just starting to get more and more reps and move up through the system. So Godspeed rest in peace. And hopefully your guys are up there hoisting that championship in the sky. Talk to you. Michael Hall, well, striker, just like Le'Veon and Adrian, we can go Rocky versus Creed and settle it in the ring. <laughs> yeah, but those guys would probably look like a, a better fight. And those were actors. <laughs> Rocky Blyer against somebody Creed. <laughs> that I'd pay for. Robert! Cleveland wouldn't want Rudolph, and neither would any team for his higher draft picks as we get from. And Sam has been true. Been true to the gods like Dobbs and others. Steeler fans misunderstood and think. That's a good point. I like that point. Debbie, welcome to the show. We love our lady Steeler fans here. What's up with Joe Hayden? Is he going back to the Browns? I don't know, Debbie. This is a that's a crazy situation. That's that's a guy I did not think that would last this long in free agency. That's a guy that Steeler Nation wanted to lock in before free agency started because they were worried about him ripping off to another team, Debbie. But we're talking about a month away from training camp. We've gone through the draft. Mini camps are done. OTAs are done. He's still not on a roster. I don't think he's going to be on a roster yet until somebody has an injury at cornerback or an injury at free safety. I think he's free safety capable. And I wouldn't mind bringing him back for depth, but we are deep as hell. Hell, I don't even know who our starting outside corners are going to be this year. We got Levi Wallace, we got Witherspoon, and we got Sutton. All three of them are starting capable outside corners in this league. I think Witherspoon might be the best of them. His metrics are the best. He had an awesome season last year. Only let up one touchdown, I think. Um, had two interceptions. I, I think this guy's just starting to get his feet under him and show he can play in this league. And he did it at at that spot, right there at um, our man's Joe Hayden's spot. So that was the reason why we let Joe Hayden go. That was the reason why we re-signed Witherspoon instead of Joe Hayden. That's why we signed a free agent in Wallace instead of Joe Hayden. It looks like the Steelers have moved on. I would have brought him back as a free safety, but we still have free safeties and free safety depth. I like Curtis Joseph. I like Minka Fitzpatrick, obviously, got his contract. He signed locked and loaded. So where do you put him? Where does he fit? If somebody gets hurt, bring him back. We lose a corner, bring him back. I'd be all for that. Yep. Brian agrees. Brian agrees. Robert, sorry for the typos. No problem, man. You know it. It's all good. Just saying, fellow Steelers fans, thank you guys. Dobbs or Rudolph, so valuable. Then why can't we at least get what we gave for them and draft pick Steelers use for them? We we did for Dobbs. I, we might have been one pick off for Dobbs, but still. We could still get a fourth or fifth for Rudolph, in my opinion. If he balls out, we might even get a third. Might get a third if he balls out in preseason. Because he can play. Rocky Balboa versus Capallo Creed! <laughs> Hayden's going back to Cleveland. We will have to see. We will have to see. I don't know if he's going to start there. I don't know what their what their free safety uh, depth chart looks like right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna delve into that a little bit for future shows, so we can start looking at where these needs are for our division rivals, because those always make for interesting conversations as well. This um, Steelers coaching were really so good. Then the Steelers player whose fans value like dogs or Rudolph 
should be worth a higher draft pick than Steelers used before they coached them up. Hey, if every team could do that, Robert, they would. The only team that was able to do that and wrote to two teams. I can name two teams that milled out quarterbacks for higher draft picks than they got them for and got great draft picks for backups that never played or rarely played. Eagles, Patriots. That's the league. 30 other teams are right where we are. That's just the way it is. <laughs> a guy doesn't get on the field a whole lot. He doesn't show what he can do. Now, if Rudolph stayed healthy that year that Ben was hurt, Rudolph would have been a trade bait. Absolute trade bait. We could have gotten a first or second rounder for Rudolph if we continued to win and made the playoffs with Rudolph if he never left, if he never got that concussion, if he never hurt his arm, his shoulder. That would have been it. We wouldn't have been even talking about Rudolph now because he wouldn't be on the roster. We would have already gotten a day one or day two pick for him. But that is the way it works in a league where a quarterback always plays. Ben always plays. Toughest guy to ever play. All right, guys, I'm going to go down through my, my runoff. You guys, be sure to chime in. You guys know I was going for you the last word. But thank you for joining us on the Steeler Nation vidcast. Be sure to check out our sponsors, Total Sport Enterprises, at tseshop.com. Follow them on Twitter. Be like Kenny Beamer and win a free signed jersey from these guys. Got a Heinz Ward jersey from those guys at, at Total Sports ENT on Twitter because that's where they give away their jerseys and stuff, guys. Do it. Uh, podcast will be at Friday. Looks like we're going to be more consistent. I haven't talked with the heads to see what time we're going to release them yet, but we'll have the podcast and the vidcast premiering on Friday, probably around the same times that they did before, probably a little earlier, probably noontime. I'd like to have them both out, if not by the morning. Uh, so people have their time to sit down and download and listen to it at their leisure. You know, it's a more condensed show, 20 to 30 minutes, easy to bite listen to it and have more to talk about when we don't see each other back on the vidcast the following week. Um, read our great Pittsburgh Steeler focused articles at Steeler Nation. Tweet us at Steeler Nation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Facebook SteelerNation.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast on Instagram Steeler Nation podcast or follow Steeler Nation Striker on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok at SN Striker spelled with S-T-R-Y-K-E-R. Thank you for joining us on the Steer Nation vidcast. Going to you guys. Hang on. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? Michael Hall, Cleveland and Baltimore need everything. Our only problem is Cincinnati. They do. They do. Cincinnati, yeah. See ya. Thanks. Anytime, my friend. Great to hear from you, Megan. Mangon. Magnon. 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 I have so much trouble pronouncing your name. 20. What's up, 20? Michael Hall, see you, boss. Go Steelers. Woo! See you, Michael Hall. Thanks for being a great part of the show, man. Love it. Robert, when I say DJ winning, what I mean winning by having more drop balls than even Dwight hands a stone, by the way. Dwight Stone was faster than Deontay John. Dwight Stone was one of the fastest players in this league. He was right up there speed-wise with Lima Swede. But Swede put the ball on the ground more than Dwight hands a stone. <laughs> Still, though, Robert, Deontay Johnson has a lower drop rate last season than the best wide receiver in the league last year, Cooper Cup. Less drop rate last season than Hill, who just moved to a new team, got an all-world contract. That's the way. And this is it. I am Steeler Nation Striker, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises, part of the Big Play Paul Podcast Network. 
rooting along with you as always and with Debbie. Go Steelers!